and welcome to another episode of Trebon. Trebon. I'll take you downstairs to the Trebon place and we can Trebon. <laughs> you thought we already had a theme tune? <laughs> We've got another one. There you go. That was beautiful, Brando. <laughs> my name's Jake Spear, and join with me always. It's my great delight to introduce to you my two best buddies, Double O Derby Deck. G'day, g'day. Oh, oh different. That's different. I'm thinking that might be my thing now. Yeah, change 30, it up. 36 eps, change it up. Change it up. Yeah. Now every five. Change every... it up every five. Yeah, all right. All right, yeah. Yeah. all right. Well, let's see what he's got in store for us. Uh, the Dirty Devil himself, Commander Brandon McClellan. G'day guys, uh, Brandon McClelland here reporting for duty and driving you home. <laughs> <laughs> Gentlemen, hello. 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 Good to see you. <laughs> so good to see you. And good to uh, not be see, you. but <laughs> it's great to be me. <laughs> <laughs> and hello to all of our lovely listeners out there. G'day. Whenever, wherever and oh, bloody hell, oh, however uh, you're... Listening, listening to us today, yeah. we hope you're tonight, week, this tonight morning, or whenever, during the day in the morning. Yeah, we hope it's Trayvon. Trayvon. Yeah, we've got a lot to get through. I'm already lost. <laughs> <laughs> Let's mission? start with McClellan. <laughs> please let us all know what our mission is today. Well, thanks, Jake. Thanks for passing that over to me. Uh, today, on today's program, we'll be talking about the top five uh, pre-title sequences. Ooh. Thank you, Ira Glass. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> over to you. This was a tough one. Well, yes. It started off tough for me, and then as things fell into place, I An became very aware of I have a... Um, a type. I have a type. <laughs> a very clear type. But I'm hoping I might surprise a couple of Everyone them. Everyone has a type. Oh, I do declare it's fan mail. Our first uh, mail oh, gosh, is, is from Scarpine. Scarpine? Cool. Uh, I do have his real name here. He says, a.k.a. Dave. Ah. But I'm going to call him Scarpine because Scarpine's the character in A View to a Kill. Oh, yes. I'm going to call him Dave. So he titles his email, Thusly, your podcast is a banger. (laughs) (laughs) G'day, you trio of dirty devils. Back in the dark days of May, a friend pointed me in the direction of your podcast. Quote, here's a quote. These three Aussies sound like they're having fun. A bit too much waffle, though. (laughs) End quote. I'll find him. (laughs) Oh, that sounds like one for the courtroom. (laughs) It does. So you record. Uh, My love of Aussie voices was well known to him through my delight in using the Australian Siri voice. Oh, where's Dave from? Uh, I'm sure he'll tell us. Uh, And my love of another podcast with three fellas talking about films, Art of the Score. If for some reason you haven't heard it already, I'd start with their three-part Music of James Bond episode. It is a good one. All right. Um, As for the waffle, well, I've listened to over a hundred hours of it. Oh my God. And my considered judgment now is that it is just passionate banter. I like that. That's yeah. better. Yeah. 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 That, that, yeah. that hurts my feelings a little less. He's our lawyer. Yeah. Yeah. 
It's been delightful to hear the depths of your disappointment for Die Another Day, uh, your delight for uh, Dalton, uh, your mm, reticent oh yeah. embrace of Sir Roger, friend uh, of the podcast, Roger Moore, friend of the podcast. Uh, and watching. your detailed dissection of the dog's dinner that is Diamonds Are Forever. A lot oh. of D. Alliteration. Yes. Uh, yes, alliteration. Yes, because yep. it's yep. a consonant. <laughs> Particularly entertaining is to hear Brandon enthusiastically build up a particular film and then swiftly have to backtrack and, <laughs> and contritely is a dirty devil. Yeah, that one was shit. <laughs> he has listened to 100 hours. <laughs> he, has. he knows it all. Poor misunderstood octopusy. He wrote <laughs> Now listen. Avtac is my personal favourite oh, Bond on. film. Mm. It's a fever dream of fun. Mm. So I was delighted to hear you guys enjoy and embrace it so much. Love it. But elegance? Oh, yeah. Nuance? Yep. Every frame of painting? Every frame. A shaken ten from all of you? Yes. I put it to you, gentlemen, <laughs> that your viewing turned into a bit of a smoke sesh. <laughs> Which, incidentally, is likely the best way to enjoy that film. Uh, I'll see you in court. He is our lawyer. He knows too much. I still have five episodes saved up, including your overall film rankings. And oh, good yeah, luck. that's a long one. Yeah. yeah. Last week, I enjoyed reading Moonraker along with you guys oh. and then hearing your analysis. Fabulous. You seem to have a, to love a playfully xenophobic German accent. <laughs> Guilty. Guilty. <laughs> As much as I love an Aussie one. Incidentally, you'd really make my day if you were to say, Christ on a bike. Christ on a bike. <laughs> now your turn, Jake. <coughs> Christ on a bike. <laughs> you feel like Steve Irwin. Yeah. <laughs> Christ on a bike. It's a fucking croc. Get a load of this one. She's gorgeous. <laughs> Christ on a bike. I haven't heard that one. Now, he's not without a couple of notes. So he's got a couple of notes. Oh, a bit of feedback. Right. Soften us up for the okay. big ones. It's Ken Adam oh, yes. and Alan Cumming. Ooh. Ooh. While I'd love there to be more than one of either of those mm. What legends, if I'm referring to his work? Are... Is Ken Ad- Adams? Yes. Ken uh, Adams' it's, yeah, If it's in the Ken... possessive, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Ken Adams' sure. We'll see, we'll well, see him in court, yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then a note for you and I, Darby. Uh-oh. And uh, I really will see you in court over Uh-oh. this one. Yeah, see? It is our favourite. Darby and Brandon, when does good-natured teasing... Cross the line into <gasps> bullying. Look oh, at that. This is it. This is serious. I'm happy with Jake admitting he's a dirty devil. If you two are willing to admit that you love the guy. Oh, of course. Well. <laughs> no. no, of course we love him, but. It's hard to tell. It is hard to tell, though, isn't it, Dave? Well, look, See, guys. I t- go home some nights wondering. <laughs> no, he crying. Doesn't. Lonely drives home going. Oh, what you've got to understand geez, about they, us. Do they like me? No, shut up. What you've got to understand about us is uh, we we lived together for quite a few years. Too long. Too long. And uh, in a very tight quarters and we developed a sort of uh, live-in character or position. And we flip it around a lot. But on the podcast, we tend to bully Jake a little bit. But we only do it when he's in on the joke. And sometimes, I have said afterwards... Sorry, mate, I think I, took, <laughs> I think I took that one a bit too far. But he always says, no, it's all right, buddy. You <laughs> so, take him on the chin, but, but it's all part of the shtick. That's part of being an Aussie too, really, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. And Christ I would say, I'm not. a dirty devil as well. Yeah. We're all... I'm a dirty devil. Yeah. yeah. Dirty devil. We're all guilty yeah. of it. I love but it. It's a good thing. But what did he actually want to hear? What's that? I love you. I love you, Jake. Oh, no, no. No. I... Love, Love you. you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was a beautiful letter. 
Uh, so he says, uh, finishes off, thanks for bringing your insights and enthusiasm for this franchise that we all love, Scarpine, a.k.a. Dave. And you can find us, him on Twitter at Scarpine7, but I guarantee most of you are already following him already. Oh, mm. Thanks, Dave. And he attaches oh, a wonderful picture legend. of M from Casino Royale. Oh, yeah. Ooh, good yes. frame. Lovely, frame. lovely. Oh, and he says, check out my GIFs. Oh, yeah. At uh, GFI, no, sorry, that's not a maker of gifts. GFY, C A T, Giffy Cat. No, I think he's com. maybe posted. Uh, that's a check GIF. out my gifts, yeah. So oh. that's one of his, his oh, gifts. Oh, right, right. Well, you can't print a gift, Brandon. Well, I did. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> one frame of it. No, no but... someone sent me a really funny email, and I wanted to. <laughs> look, that's blood. Oh, it's like no. Grandpa Brilliant. He's means. just sitting there it in the chair. He hasn't printed them all. <laughs> oh. uh, no, but you can check him out at gfycat.com yeah. forward uh, slash at uh-huh. minge flaps. Whoa, stop oh, it. I'll yes, never say that didn't. again. <laughs> uh, and if that takes you somewhere, it shouldn't. Uh, that's not really on me. <laughs> Oh, what, so, Dave? That was lovely. Thank you so much. We've got another email now. Oh, my goodness. We had a couple, but we had to kind of narrow them down. So this one is from Marcus. He says, hi, fellas. Really been enjoying hi, your... Yeah, hi, Marcus. Hello there. Really been enjoying your discussions of Fleming's Bond novels. Oh, yeah. I've got a podcast discussion idea for you as filmmakers. Oh. At least one of you said they wanted to direct a James Bond film. I'll do it. That'd be Darby. Hire me. Well, the rights to the James Bond novel... We were talking about this the other day. The rights to the James Bond novels expire in August 2034. Hello. Oh. First off. Which of the novels would each of you want to film? Oh, it's a good question. I think I have to finish reading them all to really judge that one. Yeah, me too. Um, so far, controversial, mm. but it would be Live and Let Die. I'd have to really rip it apart and figure out a more modern way to do it. Yes, yeah. But my instinct is that it has the stuff that I like about it. Well, that, that mm. feeds into the second question. Secondly... Hmm. Would you make it a 1950s period <coughs> film, minus the sexism and racism, or would you contemporise it as they did with Casino Royale? Hmm. Keeping in mind that any period piece is always addressed to a contemporary audience and deals with contemporary issues, even something like sci-fi. That's a very good That's note, good, actually. Good, Not many yeah. people um, would watch an older film, well, a film styled to be older and yeah, look, think hmm. that. Well, my instinct would be to set it in the time, I think, because... Uh, I just yeah I don't know I just feel like that's where I would have more most interest in it. I think there's a certain genre and a certain touch you can give to a James Bond film that would be enhanced by setting it in that time, which mm. is probably why I. It's lean. also a time we haven't seen the films. Yeah, too. and I think mm. we're far enough away from that time for it, that it's inherently really interesting. Yeah, uh, yeah. Visually to look back at things like that and style it a certain way, but it wouldn't be like I feel like my instinct would be to make it a fifties aesthetic, but a fifties B movie aesthetic. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I would I would bring in the B movie flavor into contemporary's nineteen fifty setting and yeah, study yeah. the character. That's you how wouldn't, I you wouldn't really entirely styled. play it straight. Not not straight. Yeah, no, yeah, it's yeah. more of a genre comedy leaning in its stylings, but it's a it's a James Bond. Story. It's a James Bond. Yeah, 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 yeah. I feel like it kind of gives you a bit of, a bit of license to kill. To kill. <laughs> There's a part. Interesting, you, interesting question. Yeah, and yes, yeah. I have thought about it. <laughs> <laughs> what, what would you do, Jake? 
If I had to make a movie, here's two hundred million bucks. Oh, no, no, here's. I go to Rio. <laughs> blow it all. A uh, hundred million. I'm going to say hundred mil. Okay, all right. So Frank not quite Spectre. Yeah, yeah, it's not not Spectre or No Time to Die. <laughs> Looking more around the Quantum Casino budget. Yeah, okay. still a lot of money. Still more money than I have ever seen, <laughs> um, and ever will see. <laughs> yeah. um, look, going off the ones that I've read so far, I would love. To bring Moonraker yeah. as authentically as possible mm. to life. So yeah. set it in the fifties. I would. I would set it in the time. It has to be set then. I, yeah. Yeah. As, yeah. As much as we did, kind of talk about we're living in a kind of day and age of yes. Hugo Drax existing. Yeah. I think there's yeah. certain elements to that novel mm. that I just I. I'm really attached to it being in that time period, and I yeah. think we kind of lose something by placing it. Well, I think it you now. can also let the audience make their own connection as to how the story set in the 1950s applies to their own time. It's less hit them yeah. over the head and more uh, an audience discovery in a sense. Well, it's a technique yeah, that I really admire playwright Arthur Miller. When he wrote The Crucible, it's all about McCarthyism mm. and this kind of. Uh, you know, a witch trial. Yeah, a witch hunt of who's a communist, who's a communist. But instead of writing a play about McCarthyism and all of his friends being outed for commies, mm. he wrote a play set in, you know... 1600? No. No, 1800s. Well, it's the 1800s. No, no, uh, no. These are, Salem. These are the kind of Salem, Salem. witch trials yeah. back in like the... Like, yeah, I think you're right. I think it it's is. 1600s. It's the 1800s. Because wasn't America Maybe founded 17... 17- 80, no, 1776. 1776 is the, <laughs> is the revolution. You're yeah. right, you're right. So, Eight, early 1800s. So you've got this, you know, like, it's obvious, like, we're not talking about witches here. We're talking about communism, McCarthyism, what the government's doing, but it's set in, you know, pilgrims hunting And that's witches. the power of genre, right? That's right. right. Genre that's... gets away with those kind yeah. of, we, we, we can talk about a particular subject by not actually talking about it explicitly That's what and genre it's the is. San Diego principle of <laughs> <laughs> from last week yeah. what's the San Diego yeah, yeah, yeah. no 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 it's, what's oh, it called it's Santiago Santiago no 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 Santiana <laughs> Santiana, Santiana yeah. principle yeah. yeah you learn you know it's making history reflect on you're reflecting on your history to mm. see the mistakes you can't make today. that comment if you don't understand exactly. or you're not aware yeah. of that history so you'd yeah. have like a, a 50s Hugo Drax uh, mano versus mano kind of sleuthy bond and all the stuff in blades really smoky mahogany oh, kind yeah, of that yeah, real yeah. styled i think the whole approach. idea of blades yeah I, I don't quite understand how i could reinterpret that for a modern audience now i mean we kind of had a bit of a joke about gentlemen's clubs a little while back that's so connected to that period and diving into class yeah, you know, yeah. N- not not in terms of you know suave class but an actual class system i just go full cold war on it Red fever, mm. midnight, you know, doomsday clock kind oh, of yeah, stuff. Yeah yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And what about you? I see. I, I would, I would do the casino. There you go. Oh, We've got ourselves what sorted. a piece! Yeah. Let's I, get a yeah. trilogy happening. I'd definitely make it. I'd set it today, and I'd change it <laughs> enough. You'd set it. Today. I, I definitely wouldn't be a completely faithful adaptation of the novel, but I'd pick mm. all the the core bits. Mm. And and I, because I just think what they did with Casino Royale in 06, I was just like, I mean. That could be a really stuffy film that, you know, if you just made that straight for 2006 and just did a straight adaptation, that could have been a real disaster. I think you're right, it wouldn't work. So but they would, changed yeah. enough in it and they mm-hmm. added some stuff in, you know, a bit of action and stuff that I was mm-hmm. just like, 
Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The whole thing with the yeah, chef. Yeah. Would you give us a bit more of the B&B? Yeah, the B&B at the more end. Of the... Oh, in Casino Royale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, see, the film I'd make is Moonraker. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. I'd would make Moonraker, but I think what they did with Casino Royale. Oh, so I just thought sorry, we sorry. were all making Moonraker for a no, second. No, no, I'm doing we were just, You're doing <laughs> the Let Die, and you just were talking about Moonraker. So I was like, oh, oh so well, you do Moonraker in the style, in I'd the modern style yeah. of a Casino Royale. And I would yeah, use yeah, I would yeah, use yeah. it to introduce a new Bond. Yeah, right. Yeah, I'd, I'd use it to introduce a Bond in his like early to mid thirties. Mm. Why um, do you think it's a good one to introduce a new Bond? Because it's just a good mission. Yeah, I yeah, think yeah, it's yeah. not it's not weighed down with too much baggage mm. either side of it. It doesn't really need to set up anything that you know continues on to being totally. like it's very I'm contained. your and I'm Blofeld. Very contained story. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So I think I think it's a good one, and it's mm. I just there's so much of it I want to see on on screen. Good way to introduce a new M as well. Absolutely, mm. yeah, yeah. Mm. Getting that dynamic there, and mm. you could bring in Lilia Ponsonby. Yes. Ooh. Now, uh, bonus question. Oh, yes. What do you think will happen to the property in the next fourteen years? Oh, if gosh. anyone were to buy the franchise, they would need to get a serious move on and pump out quite a few monies, uh, movies to make money. Dollar <laughs> signs in my eyes. Uh, at the current rate, Eon would manage about three films. Disney slash Marvel, on the other hand, could produce 12 features, a six-season TV series, an animated streaming series, and probably at least one musical. Eon, <laughs> Eon might produce another Casino Royale, while Disney's prolific outpu- output could be mediocre or worse. Okay, even Disney wouldn't call back Tamahori, so maybe not that bad. <laughs> yeah. What are your thoughts on that? Oh gosh, <laughs> we have we do discuss in our private moments things. Like I love these discussions. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love um, Warner Brothers is one that's come up. Well, recently. look, I, I think my thing is uh, whoever takes it on needs to have a blend of the savvy marketing machine that is Disney in their understanding of how to bring something to market quickly and how to. Uh, have a sense of vision for the overall whole Mm. Um, but I would be very fearful if it did land in Disney's hands because I I think I I don't know what it is but I think the Star Wars thing they showed a bit of a mishandling of the property so it just needs to fall to the right person that has that ability to yes or maybe that's the lesson though. that's the lesson yeah well that could be the lesson Disney might be the perfect home for James Bond only if they don't bastardize it if there's some kind of no I don't want a young James Bond no I I don't don't want a musical I don't want a TV (laughs) series I don't want a spin-off I just want one James Bond movie every couple of years yeah. and I want you to continue the legacy and, and carry the torch yeah. until yeah. you know you figure out what to you know do with it but yeah I don't know I'm fearful I want Eon to hold on to it because I like the, so mag- I. the magic of the history of, of, of the franchise but um, I was cubby, saying yeah. the other day I think my, my opinion is that it seems the franchise needs a new champion I'm actually very much in favour of the Disney route because I know how dare you? I know, I know, I know. Shots fired! <laughs> I can feel the daggers coming at me now. Only because they're an entity that can, I think, satiate the fans' needs. And I don't really think that we can... I don't know, my impression is that the, the fans aren't really satiated with the amount of bond we've been getting. You know, that's not just a purely financial problem but i think it's a predominantly financial problem mm. uh and no cash to burn yeah and an entity like disney could certainly they've got the cash, burn a lot of cash. <laughs> they could burn a lot of cash into yeah. producing bond films yeah. but i i think there's something that we're probably all going to have to come to terms with if someone like disney or apple even 
get a hold of it, we, we're probably going to see Bond enter the land of streaming television. I, I, I definitely see that in Bond's yep. future. That's, yep. I think the way the industry seems to be going now and the business models seem to be going now and the impact that streamers are having on how people are viewing content, the whole idea of direct-to-consumer, I don't think Bond will remain a purely cinematic asset I, think. Though I do think that its hero needs to have an understanding that they at least need to do those parallel releases. That James Bond always and must Has always be available in yeah. the cinema when yeah. it comes out. And at least maybe with a one-week window where it's only in the cinema. Just oh, to preserve man. that magic. I think but yeah, it will go to streamer. It'll that's, go, yeah. and, and, and to attest to that, the fact that we've been seeing a few of these Bond films back on the big screen yeah. here mm-hmm. in Sydney over the past few weeks has has been absolutely phenomenal. And proof enough for me, at least, to go... Oh, there is something special about seeing them on the big screen. Yeah, I know Star Wars gets you know Disney's mishandling of Star Wars gets used as a bit of an example, but my counter argument to that is Mandalorian. You know, I, I think they absolutely nailed the world of the Mandalorian, and it's yeah. a beautiful Which series. I, I wonder if that's that. Like I was uh, saying earlier, that's the 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 lesson learnt. Yeah. yeah, from not having a, a plan going through with the films and just going, oh well, we'll do one every year. Yeah, they then hand over to. John Favreau and that team that made the Mandalorian and, and you know the the guy that they got in from Clone Wars being yes. like I know this better than I know my own children. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. I haven't seen yeah, Stacey I, I'm months. with it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I think he and I'm I'm so sorry that I don't remember his name, David Filoni or something. That's I think you've uh, nailed one it. One of the directors of the show, it, yeah. you know, he's a he's a wonderful champion of 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 George's legacy and the world of Star Wars. My fear is that, to comment on what Darby's saying, is that the Bond world doesn't seem to have a David Filoni, mm. you know? Uh, Outside uh, of the community. Uh, uh, well, that's right, that's yeah. right. You know, who are, the, who are the key decision makers and the key creative leaders inside of E.ON that can then be the custodians to help create that succession plan to continue Bond into the future mm. and make sure that everything stays faithful? Yeah, and, and that it doesn't, you know, we don't get uh, a derailment. There's every risk of a derailment in the next thirty years. I think it's bound to happen. Yes, <laughs> yeah, but it'll come back again. It That's swings and roundabouts. Yeah, you know, yeah, I think. Yeah. And yeah. it's hard to know what's yeah. going on at Eon, like because the official word is that they're like, well, Daniel Craig is our Bond, and when he's ready, we'll do them with him. But it, when he's not ready, and when we don't have everything lined up, we're not going to rush into making more films which is a uh, admirable approach yeah as well. and so i i wonder because you know there's a lot of us on you know keyboard warriors <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, i'm i'm one myself um that are like oh well they're tired and they don't know what they're doing and it's like well i'm sure they know a little bit about what they're doing maybe they are the champions that the franchise needs but and once they move on to a new bond who's It'll a little a younger and a bit story. more keen yeah. and eager and depending how well No Time to Die does, you know, yeah, mm. you never know. Um, I can't shake the feeling recently that Universal coming on as the international distributor for uh, No Time to Die is maybe them dipping the toe in the water yeah, and going, well, let's see how this experience is. And if this does well, if we think that this is something that we could put a bit of money into, maybe we take it over after this. Mm. Yeah, mm. I, I don't know. It's just because I do find it strange that Universal, such a massive production house, has come on to to distribute this. And they are missing a, a kind of. They need a big franchise. They need a big like franchise. Yeah. My my big fear, just some macro thinking now, is that the general trend that I've been observing is 
the the birth of these kind of huge conglomerates kind of going off and starting their own streaming services, whether it's Apple or Disney or Netflix and Quibi. Amazon. Have you um, watched anything on Quibi yet? <laughs> no, no, I haven't no seen has. anything no on Quibi. <laughs> no one has. <laughs> and we've certainly seen it here in Australia uh, where the, the smaller players, the smaller production houses, the smaller distributors are going bust. Not helped by COVID at all, but, you know, the fact that Entertainment One doesn't have a presence here in Australia anymore for distribution. Yeah. We're seeing a lot of smaller players kick the bucket. And I'm wondering if only it's a matter of time before those pressures are felt by Eon and it we, we're left with no choice but for Bond to be swallowed up by one of the big key players who can afford, because of their deep pockets, to weather the storm. Much like the, uh, the Spectre craft at the start of You Only Live Twice. Eating the <laughs> Russian <laughs> and American space capsule. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> That's a gift. <laughs> Talk to Dave. Yeah. Stick, yeah. you know, that stick on, Disney on, on that and flaps. Eon on the front. <laughs> um, he finishes by saying, oh, I probably should have read this earlier. Oh, or right. Eon could hand it over to you three gents who would no doubt produce a Casino Royale hat trick. <laughs> <laughs> no pressure, though. <laughs> and he signs off Trey Bondingly, Marcus. And um. you can find Marcus, you can follow Marcus over on Instagram. At Instagram www.instagram.com <laughs> forward slash regarding underscore bond. Oh, thanks, Marcus. Oh, you're a bloody legend. Jeez, very well considered questions. Yeah, my great And everyone using email. Love Everyone that. using Love the official Trayvon channel. That's great. Well, gentlemen, I've got one for you. Oh, dear. Previously on the ties that bind. Here we go. Here we go. James Bond sat bound inside a shipping container. Enjoying the prospect of death, seemingly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But ruining, but ruining the fact that he would not get vengeance on the men who had decimated the double O section. Um. A quite literal Deus Ex Machina arrived on the scene in, <laughs> the, form, <laughs> in the form of the bloody Bondola. It's back. To carry Bond and a quite dead Jill Bind yeah. <laughs> off the ticking time What's bomb. What's that all about? Never that leave a double O behind. <laughs> that was the Red Slug and in to open waters. Mm. Currently on the ties that bind. Oh, good concise intro. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm trying to, I'm trying to <laughs> get through ed- it. edit myself a bit because I think my chapters, they're the longest. <laughs> As Bond sped across the choppy surf away from the burning facility and the now setting sun, he made <laughs> sure not to look back at the body of his fallen comrade. The ocean spray misted his face with each rise and fall over the increasingly aggressive swell. Night was falling quickly, and he hoped that his enemy would be foolish enough to leave a light on in their vessel. Mm. He scanned the wide horizon for any sign of them. A plume of diesel smoke, a reflection from polished polished fibreglass. Nothing. The night sky was empty, and the only noise that Bond could hear was the whir of the Bondola's <laughs> motors. He said it. He made it say he it. said it. And the sea cutting open as he sailed through it. As night finally descended and the sky turned from its brilliant blue to violet to magenta and then black, mm-hmm. Bond realised he was never going to catch them. They had military-grade machinery and weaponry. 
He snapped back the throttle in frustration and placed the shifter into neutral. Oh, he's cutting it off. The swell provided enough drag to slow him quickly, and the bondola bobbed listlessly in the open ocean. Bond stared at the stars above him. Gorgeous. Gorgeous. Gorgeous moment. They shone brighter over open water than anywhere else in the world. Mm, Extrapolate. He fumbled for something in the storage compartment at his feet, but found only a small anchor. This boat was empty, save for the two double O's. But it has mechanical laser arms and things. Well, (laughs) maybe in your story. (laughs) That's law, it's been established. No radio or communication device to be found. He was about to talk. (laughs) And what use would that be anyhow? His mouth, still throbbing with pain, was now completely dry and his throat was burning. I wonder if Brandon Spond will talk this episode. He's been avoiding the molar voice. (laughs) He'd barely barely be understood over the radio waves. Mm. So Bond sat there, hopeless, with only his thoughts and frustrations. And Jill. And a dead Jill. (laughs) The water lapping at the bondola's sides made his dehydration more apparent to him. Mm. Water, water everywhere, and not a drop to drink. Bond chuckled at the the morbid thought of scooping handfuls of seawater into his wounded moor. The swell was picking up. Probably good for it, though. (laughs) (laughs) Hang it out. (laughs) Get rid of any infections. (laughs) The swell was picking up each wave rocking him more urgently than the last. He grabbed hold of the steering wheel to steady himself. His attention was then grabbed by a heavy dragging noise, like a chest being heaved back and forth on the bottom of the bondola. Mm-hmm. Bond turned and saw his, his comrade-in-arms, lifeless body, slide towards him as they rolled down one wave and then away from him as they rode to the crest of another. See what you've done, Jake. Come on. It was an ungainly sight. Leave her where she was. Bond hobbled his way towards her body, struggling not only with the balancing act, but against his own exhaustion. Mm -hmm. Bind's body slid towards him and he grabbed her arm to steady her. Shakily, he picked her up from the bottom of the boat. (laughs) The arm falls off. Shakily, he picked her up from the bottom of the boat and rested her body in the seat. He checked her pockets for anything he may find useful. Nothing, save for a small reel of paracord. Resourceful bump. Her body slumped forward in the chair. He brushed her hair away from her face and felt that her skin was ice cold to the touch. A crust of blood stained the right side of her head and Bond recoiled as his fingers brushed against it. Thank you, Jill, he whispered. Bond grabbed the small anchor and paracord and tied them to bind. He was to give her a burial at sea. He could do nothing more for her and decided that she'd be honoured with a proper burial rather than allow her corpse to rot in the coming days of sun. Hmm. He lifted her gently and slid her off the side of the boat. (laughs) (laughs) He saluted her memory as she dropped swiftly to the depths of the ocean. See, that's how you do it. That's, that's how, how you get you, rid of her. You don't leave her on the bloody boat. <laughs> <laughs> the swell had started to calm now, and Bond laid on his back, 
and stared at the stars. I'm still processing that sound. <laughs> to the waxy side <laughs> of the bottle. <laughs> Super clean. The bottle has just slipped off. I give that a turn perform. <laughs> Look at the landing. He laid on his back and stared at the stars. He could still make out most of the constellations from his navel days. At sea, the stars shine almost as brightly as satellites. Bond scanned the sky, hoping that counting stars would help him drift to sleep. He knew he was unlikely to survive days at sea, and unless Her Majesty had cavalry coming round the bend, there was little chance of rescue. Mm. Bond checked through the constellations until one star kept his attention. It burned brighter than the rest. North Star. A satellite, Bond thought. It must be. Bond studied it closely. It must be a satellite crashing back to Earth. Hmm. It seemed to be getting brighter, Uh but holding its position relative to the other stars. And then the bright lights split apart into three bright lights growing larger and hurtling towards him. What is going on? Bond scrambled to his feet and dived off the side of the bondola, swimming downwards as desperately as he could. (gasps) He managed to get only a few metres when an explosion ripped through the bondola above him and sent a blast of energy and heat down. The pressure squeezed Bond's body so tightly that all the air was pressed out of him. The pain in his mouth was fading. The pain in his gut was fading. Dying Bond. He was fading and falling to the bottom of the ocean to join his comrade, his fact comrade. (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't work check in. (laughs) His fact comrade. Are you serious? That's it. You've got to save him now. (laughs) Come on. Oh, Oh, grief. Do you know who your friends are? Wowee. When they write you... (laughs) A chapter and leave you with that. It's just, his day just keeps getting worse. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really loved the, the lying back on the boat and seeing something grow like a. What yeah, was it? Something yeah. shooting him? Yeah, it's a. Well, I, in my mind, it was probably like a, it's an a couple of missiles or um, something. Yeah, yeah, that, from like a jet. Know, and or, then. Yeah, 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 yeah. Bloody so hell. Good. Yeah. Well, good luck. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Never say never again. Oh, I will if I want to. (laughs) Never watch, never again. Never, never again. Never say never again. Don't even. Mm -hmm. Now, how much did Connery get paid for this mess? 12 mil. 15 bazillion dollars. (laughs) But, yeah, they were New Zealand dollars. Uh, Oh, right. So with the conversion. 60, 70. Brandon thought that Connery was paid a million dollars for diamonds, but Darby thought... Nah, it was more than that. Yeah, I'm going with 12 million. You reckon Sean Connery was paid 12 million dollars for Diamonds Are Forever? Diamonds Are Forever? I thought you said Never Say Never Again. Well, there's two here. Oh. We want to know, how much did Connery get paid for Never Say Never Again? But Brandon thought Connery was paid a million dollars for Diamonds. I'll stick with that because I vaguely remember saying that he was paid... His wage for Diamonds was the same as the entire budget of Dr. No. Mm. Which was a million bucks. Alright, so it's a million for diamonds and I reckon he got eight million. I'm gonna I'm Ooh, gonna yeah, drag yeah, it yeah. down a little I'm gonna bit. Say, eight million. I'm gonna say seven. Double seven. Double right. seven million. Non non adjusted. Yeah, non yeah, adjusted. No, at, at the time. At the time. Yeah, big bucks. Big bucks. Brandon stands at eight million. 
and Derby stands at nine. Either flip it, flip it around. Flip it. Brandon stands at nine million. No, no, no. no Derby no. stands. Flip it back again. Brandon stands one and seven. Okay, great. No, no, no. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. One and for I'm diamonds. One and Seven and you're for... one and eight. Yeah. All right, great, great, great. All right. So according to Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, the unofficial James Bond film companion, Bang Bang, Connery negotiated a fee of $3 million. Oh, he could have gotten way more. Casting and script approval and a percentage of the profits for Never Say Never Again. Only three. That's all. That's all. I mean, still, $3 million. Still. A lot of money. A lot of money in 83. As for diamonds, though... Connery demanded a fee of £1.25 million. Pounds. Just off. And to entice the actor to play Bond once more, United Artists offered two back-to-back films of his choice. After both sides agreed to the deal, Connery used the fee to establish the Scottish International Education Trust, where Scottish artists could apply for funding without having to leave their country to pursue their career. Ah, oh, what a guy. So there you go. It went to good, good use. He didn't just spend it all on uh, hookers and blow. That's right. <laughs> That's what I was looking for. Some, some of it. Maybe just, just a little bit. Just a, just, a, just, a, just a touch. Is the actor who played Largo insane or was he ever committed? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah, it's Klaus Maria Brando or whatever his name that's is. It. That's a good Klaus question. Maria Brando. Austrian-born actor and director, now 77 years oh, old. Wow. wow, he was young then when he did this. As far as I could tell, was never committed to a mental institution <laughs> okay, right. okay. or diagnosed clinically insane. No. Although he did he appear got away with it. Yeah. In the film Mephisto, Ooh. which won the Oscar for Best Foreign Language Film in 1981, and would go oh. on to be nominated for both the Oscar and the Golden Globe for his performance opposite Robert Redford and Meryl Streep in Out of Africa. Oh, oh really? <clears throat> yes! Oh, yeah! Holy shit, yes, he's the... Oh, my God! Now, get this, though. Klaus was originally cast as Marco Ramius. In Hunt for Red October. Oh, yeah. However, after leaving the production, after two weeks of filming in that role, mm. it would eventually go to Sean, Sean Connery. Connery. Yeah. Spooky. There you bloody guy. Holy there shit. Now, what is the nationality of director... Yes, we ask good questions. Yeah. We do. Irvin Kirshner. Irvin Kirshner. Darby said he didn't know where he was from, uh. and he thought the director was doing an idea... Of what British spies... Excuse me, that you sounds agree. far too bitchy. I did agree, yeah. I did agree. You know, like um, drinking tea and, you know, yeah. all this kind of... You know, British Bit things. Scones. Yeah, that's right, that's them. That's scones. Right. Um, uh, Irvin Kirshner is American. Oh. Ah. He's American, born in Philadelphia, died in LA ah. in 2010 at the age of 87. Ah. So there you go. Yeah. Not a Brit. Uh, Brandon, you said that Kirshner had directed Connery in a film before, mm. like, you know, back in the 60s. Do you stand by it? You were certain that they had worked together at least twice. Yeah. I'm going to stand by it, because I don't know of another Irvin Kirshner film outside I'm, of this and Star Wars. I'm calling Dirty Devil. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Okay. Ooh, ooh, tensions are high. Yeah, 60s doesn't sound right, because he's doing all the bumps. No, I'll stand by it. Stand by it. <laughs> I don't know where he'd find the time, but I'll stand by it. <laughs> well, I tell you what, he bloody found the time. A f- really? A Fine Madness, a 1966 film wow. directed by Irvin Kirshner. 66? Like That's in between Thunderball and um, 
Yolt. Yep. Mm. Yep. Far out. Starring Sean Connery, Joanne Woodward, and Jean Seberg. Woodward, Woodward. Woodward, Woodward. Any relation to Bob Woodward? Uh, no, but uh, right. relation to Paul Newman. Really? Joanne Woodward. Re- yeah, right. Is Paul Newman's wife. Mother. My wife. Uh, wife, yes. Wife mother. Um, wife mother. Based on the 1964 <laughs> novel by Elliot Baker, uh, tells the story of Samson Shilito. Mm. A frustrated poet unable Back to finish a grand tome. <laughs> oh, there you go. Oh, say that again. Frustrated a poet. A frustrated poet unable to finish a grand tome. Mm, sounds interesting. Uh, starring Sean Connery as a frustrated See. poet. Brandon. Trying to finish a... A grand tome. Grand grand That's right. Uh, 1964's uh, novel. <laughs> uh, was turned into a 1966 film, uh, Irvin Kushner. Starring Sean Connery <laughs> as a frustrated poet. Oh god, he's stuck in a loop. Oh, Hang on. No. Where's the broom? <laughs> Where's the broom? Yeah, the, the disc is scratched. <laughs> Brandon said Steven Seagal worked on some of the fight sequences. Yeah. Brandon said there's an urban myth out there somewhere. An urban Kirshner. An urban yeah. an urban Kirshner. An urban myth, yeah. An urban myth that Steven Seagal broke Connery's wrist while running through some stunt choreography. Yeah, and I feel like that's Seagal <laughs> playing it up himself, being like, Yeah, I, I broke James Bond's head. No. How does he sound? I broke James Bond's head. Now I'm gonna eat three family sized pizzas by myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. That's a pretty good cigar. Thanks. Um, it's true, though. It's true. That he broke his hand? He broke Connery's wrist. Oh. For real? Sean Connery himself <gasps> admitted to this. He broke my damn roof. He explains this sure, story. I his wife. <laughs> <laughs> so I ruined his career. I ruined his marriage. <laughs> Punk ass, bitch. Suck it, cigar. <laughs> Connery himself explains the story in an interview with Jay Leno in 1999. He was working with Stephen on some Aikido training for the film, and yes, Stephen broke his wrist. But Sean didn't find out it was broken until 14 years later. What? So, he's been too bad. Soldiered on, did he? He's very tough. Yeah, he's a hard man. He used to be James Bond. He did. Yeah, yeah. He wasn't in... No, 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 no. Brandon... Yeah. You said Francis Ford Coppola Burr. made script adjustments. Oh, yes. Y- yes. Screenplay. This could be a turkey, this one. Yes. Was that not another urban legend? Uh, I think it was discussed as an <coughs> right. urban legend. Uh, an urban legend. <laughs> um, reportedly, reportedly, Francis Ford Coppola made script, script contributions to this movie. Uh, I found that in the uh, IMDb trivia section. Oh. Uh, That's where Brandon found it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I will say this though: it's not confirmation, but perhaps circumstantial, anecdotal evidence. This is the fact check you have to be right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Producer Jack Schwartzman was the husband of the Godfather star Talia Shire. What's this in relation to? Whether or not Francis Ford Coppola was made she, script adjustments. Was she Pacino's wife in Godfather? Uh Perhaps. Right. The credits of Never Say Never Again state that Talia Shire acted as a consultant to the producer, which means she was a consultant to her husband. Right. She is also Francis Ford Coppola's sister. Mm. Oh. So a consultant to the producer on the film. Well, the producer is... uh, 
So Francis Ford right. Coppola probably read the script. And, and then he possibly. was just... Their brother in law Spontaneous name on it. It's, perhaps, perhaps. So yes. Francis, Francis' Francis's brother-in-law... Speak? I don't know. Um, hey, just put a... Just, <laughs> just put my sister's name on it. That's Marlon Brando. But it's her godfather. <laughs> it's about me. <laughs> oh, God. Brandon said, uh, Barbara Carrera, who played Fatima Blush, Babs, was nominated for Best Supporting Actress or Best Newcomer at the Golden Globes. My shame by it. Fatima Blush. Mm. Mm. She was nominated for Best Supporting Actress at the Golden Globes, no. but was beaten by Sher <gasps> for her role in Silkwood. Do Silk you believe <laughs> got him going though, didn't it? Absolutely. <laughs> I, I take it back. I take it back. You're a world only, away. You're a world I could away take it now. back. Only if I turn back time. <laughs> there it is. There it is. Right, I got to save my puns. I got to save all my oh, puns. Christ, they're, they're coming up. They're coming up. They're coming up. Anyway, let's not get too excited. It's a long app. <laughs> <laughs> Were any of James Bond suits actually top designer brands? Oh yes, yeah. Now, according to Bondsuits.com, it is rumoured that George Lazenby's tailor, Dimmy Major, made the suits for Connery for Never Say Never Again. The white cotton shirt that Connery wears with the dinner suit was made by Turnbull and Asser. Really? Uh, official Bond brand. Uh, a quote from a separate article from the same site discussing another suit Connery wears in this film describes subtly but succinctly my particular gripe with the clothes in this film, and I quote, His yeah. Bond... Yeah. Tie mm-hmm. looks a little short, but it also looks like his trousers have sagged down a little. This is you quoting you? No, no, no. That's a that quote from the suits. article, but I agreed with it. Uh-huh. That's a quote from Bondsuits.com. That's uh, Matt Spazer's site, isn't yes, it? Yes, yes. Um, yeah, friend yeah. of podcast? So, uh, I would love to make him a friend of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps. <laughs> Just a little sloppy around the edges Excuse with the clothes, me? though. You know, It was, you definitely. Know, the tie's yeah. a bit too short, the trousers are saggy. It's mm. like... Bond wouldn't that wouldn't be Bond, yeah. would it? Well, maybe he's lost it, getting a bit older. Maybe, maybe mm. he doesn't care about the style mm. anymore. But he's still wearing Turnbull and Asser shirts. Mm, apparently. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, now, did Industrial Light and Magic, aka ILM, do the special AKA effects? Aka Ilm. Aka Ilm, do the special effects for Never Say Never Again? No. Uh. <laughs> Just kidding. There's more. There's more. There's more. There's more. Of course, there's more. You know that there's more. I got a swell of optimism. Yeah, no, like, no, no, no. There's more. There's much, much more. <laughs> the visual effects were handled by a company called Apogee, which was formed by, here we go, John Dirkstra. Oh, yeah, Don, John Dirkstra. Uh, uh, or, uh, sorry, Dykstra. 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 D-Y-K. That's right. That's, that's right. right. John Dykstra. Dykstra. Yes. After he left a company called... Industrial Light and Magic. And Ooh, he was the plot thickens. <laughs> so the guy that left ILM created Apogee. Apogee. Did the special effects for, for Never Say Never, say never, never again. again. Starring Sean Connery. Here's a couple of other things that they did the special effects for. Didn't ask for it. Battlestar Galactica. Oh. Caddyshack. Oh, oh Spaceballs. Oh. The Neverending Story. Oh. Die Hard 2. Oh. Big. Oh. Star Trek the Motion Picture. Oh. Child's Play 1, 2, and 3. Oh. Busy guys. Busy guys. They're not around anymore, though. Nah, uh, damn. Um, and last but certainly not least, who did the score? John. 
Michel Legrand. Ah. Legrand was a three-time Academy Award-winning French composer, conductor, and pianist who composed over 200 film and television scores, scores and as well as recorded over there. hundreds of albums hundreds. of jazz, and popular, and classical music. music and yep. instruments. We want to have a stab at... Uh, what three? What three uh, films? Amadeus. Amadeus? Mm, what no. was the question? The three that he what, was nominated the three that, for. The three that he won Oh, he won for. He won for. I'm going to say Amadeus. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ernest goes to college, <laughs> of course, and one of his most white girls, right? <laughs> white chicks, white Sorry. chicks, yeah. white chicks. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I don't know. You don't know? No. Come on, have a go. Have a go. Um, Come on. Or uh, Michel Legrand. Michel Legrand. He How probably tries to live up to and his name. And the Oscar goes to Michel Legrand oh, for he did white the chicks. English patient. Oh, you reckon that's one of them? And mm-hmm. uh, Furby goes to college. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Is that the same year? Is it? Were they in the same year together, Ernest and Furby? Oh yeah, double bill. Yeah, 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 right. Good double bill. Right. Brennan and I. Did and he was day. nominated for Mary Kate Nashley's New York Minute. New York Minute. <laughs> wow. Right, right. Yeah. right. right. What, a score. what a score! What a score! What a score! Takes me right back there. <laughs> no, he won for the Thomas Crown Affair. The oh. Steve McQueen one. Mm. Summer of 42, and Yentl. Yentl. Oh, really? With Babs? With uh, Babs. The Babs Streisand. Babs, Babs Streisand. Babs Streisand. Right. That's fact check! That's fact check! Oh. Oh. And well, now, for everyone's oh favourite news segment, uh, we give the... the people what they want! Man with a golden... Pun. Jake, take it away. Righto, fellas. Righto. This is uncharted so territory just for me. Lay down the rules for any new listeners. Righto. So the new listeners out there that are going, what Make the hell is going on? We've got a new segment that we're throwing in just for this little episode uh, called Man with a Golden Pun. Uh, after uh, popular demand uh, predicted that this was going to be our <laughs> segment. Demanded. segment. Demanded. <laughs> it wasn't a prediction, it was a demand. A, a very, uh, very uh, clear demand. Yeah, it was a Cass's Bella. <laughs> <laughs> So we, uh, last episode, we loosely established some rules. Uh, we need to come up with a James Bond pun. Uh, and in order to give this pun some form of context, yeah. uh, we have to start the pun off uh, a little bit like a bit of a comedy bit. Yeah. It has to start with, uh, you know, one day I was walking down the street. Yeah. Take it away. And, and then off you go. And the winner... We're gonna, this is going to go to a poll. We're mm. going to read out our three puns now. Mm-hmm. And this is going to go to a poll. And the winner of that poll Gets. with the best pun is crowned pun. the man with the, the golden, golden pun. Mm. Wow. Mm. Tasty. Right. Jake, I think you should go first. Let's do it. All Let's right. Okay. Here we go. Get ready for um, a masterpiece. <laughs> <laughs> so, I was walking down the street the other day uh-huh. and I ran into a friend of mine. Yep. Oh, yeah. And he says, oh, Jake. So glad to see you. I've got a bit of a problem, mate. My young fella can never get to sleep after watching a Bond film. Right. He loves these Bond films so much, but they always get him so worked up and he just won't go to sleep. Yeah. Have you got any ideas to help him get to sleep? Bit of whiskey. I said, oh, that's easy. Just put on the telly. The telly surveillance. Oh, <laughs> you get it? You bloody get it? Yeah. That'll put him to sleep. I copped it. Ah! Oh, yeah. oh, no. All right, who goes next now? Do you want to uh, go or should I go? You go. 
<laughs> no, actually, I'll go because yours will be much better. No, no. I uh, I forgot about this. Um, <laughs> you did. <laughs> you sure you don't want Brandon to go while you could finish writing your? No, pun? it's not going to get any better. I don't have anything written. I'm just going to go. Like yeah, a yeah. So I was walking off down the street. Mm. Walking off, off, walking off, off down, down the street. street. <laughs> oh jeez. And uh, and wouldn't you bloody know it? Yeah. Telly Savalas. Oh fuck off. Rips on by with a uh, with in a jeep. Yeah. A, a modern jeep. Yeah. Uh, really modern kind of Range Rover type thing, like you'd see in a video game adaptation. Or no time to die. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> and he, he leans out the window and I go. What what are you doing, Telly? And he's got a flamethrower, no, and he fuck. rips past me with the flamethrower. Whoa! Cop sees the whole thing behind me. Yeah, my arm's on fire now. And Telly's off down the road. I've of course whipped my gun out because I'm blames Buddy John. Yeah, of course. And, oh, you're uh, blames John. I'm blames John. Buddy oh, right. John. Yeah, I forgot to mention. Right. And um and uh, and then the cop comes up and I'm flapping my arm about. It's on fire, and he goes, "Mate, I'm going to have to arrest you." And I said, "What do you mean?" He goes, well, I'm going to have to arrest you for a possession of an illegal firearm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Oh, fucking hell. Yeah, well done. Yeah, well not done. bad. Uh, yeah. uh, well, jeez, two cent Telly Savalas, buddy. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know that was part of the criteria. It is. Telly Savalas. That was the secret criteria. Well, yeah, it's, yeah. All right, well, I'll, I'll work him in. I was walking down the street the other day to go get some chicken for a stir-fry I wanted to make for Telly Savalas. <laughs> Perfect. And, and when I got there, right, now the chicken's very important, remember the chicken. When I got there, I saw James Bond rushing towards me. Oh and he, he just, he sprinted past me and he's headed down, uh, down one of the far aisles, you know, like you're going through the front door and you, there's the bakery and the fruit and the veg, but then down the far Where's end. Where's the deli? Uh, Delhi's to my left, and, the and he's, he's uh, kind of straight ahead, but Any to my right. Any self-service ones? There are self-service, but they're closed today, okay, because yeah, yeah, yeah. of COVID. Yeah. Um, so he's rushed off down one of the far aisles. Now, I took no notice, really, and I, gra- I grabbed the chicken that I needed for the stir-fry for Telly Savala. Sure. And I walked up to the service <laughs> counter. I did a bit of a, you know, kind of, oh, maybe I'll grab a snack. Thought better of it. Sure. Walked up to the service counter, and I noticed that Bond was standing directly ahead of me. James Bond. Yeah, James Bond. Bond, James Bond. Mr. Bond, James Bond. And I noticed that he was kind of, you know, he's furiously kind of scanning the area and he's tapping his feet quite impatiently. That's important. Mm. I noticed that he was clutching his stomach. And he also had a a bottle of laxatives kind of clenched in his hand, right? Whoa. And once the checkup person, you know, he got up, put it down, the checkup person's rung it through and she's rung up the bill. He's rung up the bill, sorry. And Bond just threw down a $50 note. (laughs) And the checkout person kind of sighed and rolled her eyes because she's like, oh, I don't really have... Do you have anything smaller? Yeah, she sighed and rolled her eyes because she was just like, oh, do you have anything smaller than a 50? Right. Because I don't want to have to change a 50 because the pills were like, you know, five bucks or something like that. So he's in Australia. Yes, yeah. yeah. Uh, So And the checkout... But he, he shook his head. He's like, no, no, no. And uh, I, I realised I only had a 50 on me as well. Is this and in so, Yeah, 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 just down the down road. The road right? And I realised I only had a 50 on me and my chicken only cost $9. <laughs> the, the chicken for the stir-fry that I'm making for Telly Did you Savalas. offer to pay for Bond? No, I didn't because oh. I, I didn't even think about that. <laughs> and the, the checkout person, so while I'm going through my wallet, the checkout person's rung it all up, got the change out, and she's turned to back to give him his change. But Bond, he'd already start running out the door. Oh, no. And the checkout person yelled after him, saying, oh, Mr. Bond, you've forgotten your change. And I turned to him and I said, oh, well, he's constipated. He couldn't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> Very 
good. Oh, oh god. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm loosely gonna... <laughs> connected. Loosely connected. Jeez, I tell you what, it was a bloody long hike, but I'm glad the view was all right. Oh, it's over now. It's oh, over now. You so you, you have to vote. You got to vote for that. All right. And it's Not never, for that one. It's, vote for it's my never one. coming back. It's never coming. <laughs> it's never coming back. You never know. Have you got some ideas for next week? Do you announce some more next week? Is that no? We no no. We no. get the results. We're gonna get the results. Right. Results. And then we'll take a couple of weeks back. off. Yeah. Might be back right, for be a back few again. more. Uh, give the people what they want. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, it's time for for our actual favourite segment. It's preconceived notions. Ah yeah. uh, yes. We're not even up to the main part of the show I know, yet. I know. We're about to cross the hour mark too. Um, so, uh, what are your preconceived notions heading into this? What do you think is going to be the Jake, Mister the Jakes? Um, Number one free title sequence. And then mine. All right. Jake will favour anything in which uh, James Bond is in the shadows and he walks into a shaft of light. Oh. Uh, (laughs) Which I noticed was a trope that uh, occurred regularly. Um, And the one in which it occurs most frequently is Goldeneye. Oh, yeah. And I think being a whiz-fizz 90s boy, uh, Mr. Jake Spear will go for... Golden Eyes is number one. Yeah. Um, mm. Brandon McClandon. Brr. You're a tough one. Yes. Um, you could favour the classic approach. You could favour something more modern and globe-trotting. I think ultimately you're going to do a bit of a, an about-face turn. I don't know if it'll be your, your number one in that your title, your pre-title sequence doesn't actually feature Mr. James Bond. I think your favourite might be Live and Let Die. Oh, okay. Oh, or it's up there. Okay. Mm. Uh, do you want to go next? I'll go next. Go on. Um, I don't reckon Brandon's is going to be a Craig. Mm. I don't yeah. think. I... Neither of you do. No, mm. no. It's tempting. It is tempting to to assume that. Mm. But I, I have a feeling... Hmm. The, the Craig pre-titles aren't the strength of Craig's films. No, mm. no. Smoking an imaginary cigarette. <laughs> wafting fake cigarette smoke around the room. I could kill you. <laughs> um, does he like a title <clears throat> sequence with a bit of a... Pre-title, pre-title sequence. Uh, oh, Jake, have you done Wait, title what? sequence? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I need to take a Ten. slight recess. <laughs> Can we do this tomorrow? <laughs> Um, I think does he like a pre-title sequence with a bit of a damn jump in it Mm. you know he might he might have Um, he might have is that part of his uh, criteria Um, his number one skip to the end is I don't have an answer Darby so I'm vamping (laughs) Um, vamp 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 um, <laughs> it's a marvellous Mrs. Maisel thing. <laughs> Papa loves Mumbo. <laughs> Ooh, what's it going to be? What's it going to be? Um, you can cut this out. I remember... <laughs> no, no. Keep it. It's all gold. Keep it. It's all gold. I remember him feeling quite partial to the opening of Liv- The Living Daylights because he likes seeing other double O's. Yeah, sure. I think that's going to get a mention. I don't think it's number one. You know what? I uh, so why did you t- mention it? Because it's going to be in the top five. Oh, okay, okay. So will Spy Who Loved Me, but I think his number one will be Goldeneye. 
Okay. All right. And Darby? It's tempting to say From Russia With Love, but I don't think the opening of From Russia With Love... With Love. Uh, Darby's okay with it, but it's, it's not that great. He did criticise it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, hmm... I criticise Connery's face mask. <laughs> yes, the yeah. face mask aspect. I see. It's it's interesting that Darby mentions the the idea of a title sequence without Bond in it, yeah. and I wonder if he's kind of uh, broken the old poker face there and maybe mm. given him given himself away. That's right. That's <laughs> yes, the lyrics. That's it. That's it. So I think Live and Let Die is going to play here. Will it be his number one? I don't know. I don't know. What? Oh, what will oh, be? You are insufferable. <laughs> <laughs> um, I can't even think of them. I can't even think of all of them. There's so many of them. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> Just one. Just one of any. them. Pick one. Big one. Um, <laughs> does he like... No, he won't like that. Oh, God. Um, you should have done this work ahead of time. Well, hang on. I, I had a hard enough time thinking of my own here. I, there's preconceived notions. My preconceived notions is always, I don't know. And then I just make it up on the day. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, it's living that die. It will be living that you die. Think I think he die. likes. I think he's going to like the whole conspiracy. You know, all those secret assassinations and stuff mm. like that. I think we're going to get. I think we're going to get a living that die. All right. Yeah. Well, I think yours, without a doubt, Jake is Goldeneye. Two words. Damn. Jump. jump. <laughs> Without Whiz a doubt. Whiz fizz. Damn, damn jump. jump. Jake Spear. All two words that lead to one conclusion. <laughs> Golden Eyes pre-title secret. Not a doubt in my mind. If I had $100, I'd put it down. Uh, Darby, you're a little harder for me. I'm, Ooh, that's what she said. I'm flipping up whether or not it's uh, Live and Let Die or if it's something like uh, Goldfinger. Because there's a classic element to Goldfinger that I think you might... Uh, even though you don't appreciate the film, there is an element of that where it's like, ah, that's kind of seeing the pre-title sequence become itself. Mm. And I wonder if there's a, 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 an element of that. But I think maybe you you gave up the ghost when you said that I would have it as number one. But maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe you're just in my head now, Jake. He tends to do that. He does. He gets in your bloody head. Now, gentlemen... Mm. What are your dishonourable mentions? Ooh. Or mention. Could be one. Maybe you don't have any. Mr. Oh, Spear, Jack Spear. Is that a legal move to not have a dishonourable? Yeah. Well, I certainly do have a dishonourable. <laughs> and I'll tell you this much. It's a view to a kill. Oh, oh yeah. Yup. Beach Boys. Part of yeah. the reason why we sh- maybe shouldn't have all been like straight tens <laughs> on a view to a kill like I watched it again with my partner and she looked at me after the pre-title sequence and was like are you serious really <laughs> yeah. beach boys and yeah. you know what the union jack on the hatch of the iceberg submarine yeah the iceberg submarine in general in general yes. yeah sure that's my dishonorable what's your dishonorable darby i've got 3 oh, oh. don't hold back <laughs> uh, my first dishonorable mention is the pre-title sequence the Thunderball. Oh! Uh, in which Mr. James Bond fights a cross-dresser? 
The wit, yes, the, yes. The widow, who is clearly played by a woman until she's a man, which until just it's <laughs> shits me. Until it's Bob Simmons, oh, yeah. shits me to tears. If you're going to do that, do it properly. And not only that, but then he escapes via a bloody jetpack, <laughs> which just happens to be on the roof. And how far does he fly it? 50 metres. <laughs> no, thank you. Um, my second dishonourable mention is For Your Eyes Only. Ooh. Uh, which I believe is yeah. quite a weak one. Yeah. What happens in that again? I'll That's put it Blofeld. Blofeld. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, come I'll on. I'll buy you a nice delicatessen Blof- and stainless yeah. steel. Blofeld in the chimney. Yeah, no yeah. thanks. Yeah. And, of course... You don't like Bill Conti's... No. And final dishonourable is Wedding Bond. Licence to Kill. Oh, you can yeah, keep I it. remember yeah, that. It's I remember a not liking that at all. Prickly pear, that one. Yeah. Don't like it. Pa- Bond parachuting into a wedding in a gross pale blue tux, pale yeah. grey tux, whatever mm, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No thanks. Mm, there you go. Mm. Right. Well, we've all put, I think. No, we haven't. No, 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 we haven't. Well, we've both agreed on a view to a kill. Yeah. Uh, that's a dodgy ass pre title sequence. Yeah. Uh, Beach Boys. <laughs> There you go. Yeah, Enough yeah. said. Yeah, Enough yeah. said. That's it. The other one that I think it's a, unfortunately it's another Rodgy. Oh no. And it's uh, Moonraker. Oh yeah. I think that's that's such an impressive stunt. Yeah. And if they didn't do the ridiculous uh, jaws flapping his arms and oh, falling into a circus. Yeah, I rewatched the start like, of that and I was like, you know, it hasn't dropped the ball yet. No. And then it does. And, and then, then it it's does. extraordinary yeah. stuff that they're doing. Like, yeah. you cannot take that away from the stunt people. But just because there's a good element to it, you know, just because part of the crew are doing a good job, yeah. doesn't mean that then I'm going to forgive the silly shit that undoes all these people's hard work because yeah. that's undone by. That's undone by people who don't, you know, aren't fucking involved in jumping out of a plane. Even yeah. though they make the guy flap his arm. Yeah, like that. yeah. It's dumb. It's silly. Let's leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> Honourable mentions. Who's who? Who almost ran? Honourables. Honourables. Um, I'm going to say the spy who loved me. Oh, oh. that's a shock. Yeah. I thought that would be on your list. Oh, shall. Well. Is the spy who loved me the skis? It's the ski jump. You don't like parachute. Bond seventy seven though. That's why it's an honourable. Yeah, that's why it's oh, an honourable. Yeah, yeah, sure. I'm not a fan of Bond seventy seven. Uh, Blasphemy. And 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 the the backlit uh, the rear projection plates for Rogie. Some of them are pretty poo poo. Pretty poo poo. Oh, I mean, oh. I think we've seen better rear projection <laughs> in yes we on, have on Her Majesty's. Yes we have. You know? Yeah. Uh, and Darby got into my head a little bit about the whole outfit Bond's wearing. Because at least in A View to a Kill, he's wearing white, kind of snow arctic camo. A hoodie from Supre. Yeah. A hoodie from Supre. Yeah. Whereas all of a sudden, you know, with Spy... I he's do like this... his outfit in A View to a Kill. Oh, do in you? The snow. I don't oh. mind it. There's something well, about it. Well, it makes more sense than what he's yeah. wearing in yes, Spy. It does. But yeah, Spy does. gets it because, I mean, Dive how could it not? It's like that jump is insane. And geez, it gets me pumped. Red Diver Dan, the yellow and red. But the yellow and red. No, thank you. No, 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 thank you. One last one. The Living Daylights. You know, Mm. I appreciate uh, seeing the double O's, and I like the conceit of a training exercise gone wrong. Mm -hmm. And it's it's pretty brutal and dark for the 80s, and I'm sure it would have been a, a bit of a shock, I think, to some of the Bond fans back in the day of coming off the back of all of these Rodgies and seeing this kind of dark, brooding 
brutal, you know, dispatching of agents and mm. things like that. And I think the driving stunt work, you know, with the flaming explosives and Dalton, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. ripping through the canvas and the whole parachute off, I think that's really, really quite impressive. But it stays honourable because I think Dalton botches the bomb, James Bond. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he's a little shaky. He's a bit shaky. In he's parts. clearly not... Like, there's no one on the other end of that prop phone. It just feels like a prop phone. Mm. She'll call you back. Bond, Jay yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. I'm with you. Bit of, bit of nervous mm. first day jitters, but... Um, well, my honourable mentions... Mm. Uh, I've got three again. Oh, Strap okay. yourselves in. Yeah. Um, my, what I just realised I really like out of a James Bond pre-title sequence uh, and when I think it is at its most perfect when, is when we're seeing a James Bond short film. Yes. Um, and they take many forms. Yes. But, Brandon, you, uh, your preconceived notion regarding Goldfinger... I love it to bits. It's got an honourable mention for me. Oh, there you are. Uh, couldn't quite shuffle onto my list, yep. but I appreciate everything it stands for and, and does. I think it's ahead of its time and it's a great little mission bond moment. Yeah. We get to see a lot of Connery too. He's really at his finest throughout that whole sequence. Really charming throughout. Very, very versatile, so. very springy. Like the most kind of agile we sort of see him through the sequence, the, the series as well. Mm. Um the other one, I agree with you, Jake. The Living Daylights. Yay! Um, nice enough intro to Dalton. Good to see all the double O's involved. And I like the sort of subversion or different approach to the From, from Russia with Love training mm. round yeah, yeah. trope. Um, beset by the similar things that I think, yeah, I agree with you. And the last one, just an honourable mention for Quantum of Solace, uh, which I think is probably the best car chase in the series, uh, despite the overrated approach and over coverage I think it's really quite cool when you focus on yes, what's going yeah. on I give it a, a good thumbs up thumbs up yeah yeah but it doesn't quite but have the rest of what up. I need not yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yeah well gentlemen I, I agree with you I'm going to go from most recent to the past mm-hmm. I'm going to give an honourable mention to Spectre oh. I think the helicopter fight is fantastic I think the the one shot stuff is very interesting colour grade aside if the rest of the film had kind of matched that energy, I'd be with it. Uh, unfortunately, the film in the back end doesn't hold it. But mm. I find I find a lot of the opening aspect very impressive. One I find very impressive, and this one was on the list, and then off the list, and on the list, and off the list, is the opening to The Man with the Golden Gun. Oh, oh yeah, of course uh, it I is. I was wondering about that. <laughs> Where was that yeah, going to yeah, sit? Yeah, yeah. Yes, at one point it was yeah, knocking on you one. You spoken and then about that before. I, I get a giddy thrill when <laughs> I watch that. I think Knick-knack. it's... I love it. Knick-knack, uh, paddywhack. You give a dog a bone. <laughs> this is what happens. <laughs> no, I, I just think it's really cool to be with the villain uh, in his world. Uh, and we're watching him do his kind of training exercise. I was mm. like, oh, that's cool. It's got shades of From Russia With Love. Mm. Uh, it's got a wacky kind of out there vibe that none of the other films have. Maybe Diamonds. Um, and I, I just love it. And then my third and final honourable mention is also Goldfinger. Ah. I think it's the granddaddy. We saw it on the big screen recently. <laughs> oh, how was that? Brilliant. Yeah. I, well, it was that thing that when I was watching that pre-title sequence on the big screen, I went, oh God, I think I was really wrong about this film. Mm. Uh, and then it, you yeah, know, yeah. it lost me as it went on. It's just, it's a good film. It's yeah, just, yeah. it's a bit old. Sure, it's sure. just not for me. But that pre-title sequence, you're watching it and you go, there's the template. 
Yeah. There's the formula yep. right there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you feel that with that entire film. But my God, that pre-title sequence... It's That's, so cool. It's like When he kicks the guy and then springs over him and jumps and, oh. then, and then fixes his step so he can get Brilliant. over the little ditch. Yeah. That, that, uh, little, that little that one set shot. that they've built where he's putting the, the you know, the plastic yeah, explosive yeah, yeah. on the oil drums and you know he pushes the wall is just so cool oh, when sick. he walks into the bar and then the explosion happens as he looks at his yes, watch yes and, and he lights the cigarette yeah, oh, come on oh, I can no. watch that on repeat yeah me too well Mr. Spear Jake Spear what is your official number five here we go kicking it off number five it's Thunderball. Oh, Thunderball. Oh, you idiot. <laughs> yeah. Why would you give that point? This pre-title can sequence. My, can my dishonorable be a point off? <laughs> <laughs> Just to cancel this no, out. No, get it up there. This has so much Fleming in it for me. What? It really feels like it's connected to the Bond films. I mean, I just, I love the Well, it is a Bond film. uh, It's the Bond novels. (laughs) I love, I don't know what I'm saying. I love the macabre nature of opening up on the funeral. And I love that, like, we get a glimpse of the bigger kind of um, spy global intelligence network because he's with the like yeah, French the section French the line where, where he's like he killed two of my best friends or whatever he says yeah cool. yeah that history of mm-hmm. only yeah killed two of my best friends best friends that's it Sorry. best friends no no it no, no, might no, be no, best friends like two colleagues, of my colleagues. Or, <laughs> yeah. two of my finest yeah. buddies <laughs> two people that I used to have lunch with <laughs> <laughs> Bill from accounting he was in my tipping competition <laughs> Without him, went up shit creek. But then, what I love the most about this is one of the most incredible fight sequences. No, it's not. It I is love incredible. It. I do love oh, it. look, they're just no, throwing stuff at each they other. They break so much furniture. It is yeah, fantastic. Yeah, they forgot the story. It's fantastic. Nah. Bob Simmons, man, he's throwing himself around, and we get brutal Bond. Brutal Bond. He yeah, strangles the, the guy with the fire prod. Yeah, and he's even got enough time. To throw flowers over the corpse as he runs out of the place. It's campy and I love it. Do what about the, the jetpack? Jet yeah. Where do you fall on that? That's why it's number five. Oh. Because right, right. I really love the fight sequence, but I'm not a fan of the jetpack. Yeah. So if the jetpack wasn't there, would this be number one? I wouldn't be number one, but oh, it would okay. definitely be higher. So the jetpack doesn't bring it down too much then? No. Okay. So you like jetpacks, is what we're I, saying. No, I'm yeah. not saying that I like jetpacks. You're jet partial to a jetpack. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that I really like the fight. Right. Okay. I get you. <laughs> he is a bit like a like a cat in that the guy the, the widow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's very yeah, sexy. with the skirt and I mean the backflip, the rolling over that he's too much flipping just, and flopping. Oh, That's what I hated about the Honor Majesty's pre-title sequence. It's the flipping and flopping in the water. <laughs> <Ugh>. <laughs> Into oh, the boat, out of the boat, into the water, out of the water. I love that stuff. Oh, it might be on his list. <laughs> <laughs> no, it could be number one. Uh-oh. Put my bloody foot in it. Well, Mr. Darby Deck, what's your oh, number five? My number five, gentlemen and gentlemen, mm. is Skyfall. Oh, Skiffer. Oh, yeah, I thought a lovely way to do a modern... Bond. James Bond coming out of the shadows. James be. Bond coming out of the shadows, uh, which I do quite like. Uh, um, it is a lovely opening shot. I'm sorry, I, I don't like that it cost me a gun barrel. Yes. Uh, but it's a gorgeous shot. I like that this sequence covers so much ground. I think that's where it sets itself apart from uh, other sequences, other pre-title sequences in mm. the same series. This one more so than any other, I feel. Um, 
starting in that building is a cool choice. Yeah. And then and then graduating and and introducing this idea of Ronson and then going out into the streets and the way it graduates. It's all really nice organic storytelling. Yeah, foot to car to yeah. bike to, to train. train. It's, yeah. Um it's to beautifully water. beautifully shot by Deacons. Train fights top yes. notch. I just got a few minor gripes with some of the music, I think let it down, let down some of the intensity of the action. And it's just a bit too long. Uh, oh yes, yeah. Get to the point a little bit. It's a. It starts yeah. to become a bit too. I think the music sequence. is doing that. Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why it's this because I, I toyed with putting it higher. I thought. It, oh really? It gave me a lot of the flavour that I liked, but then mm. it kind of slipped back a little bit. So yeah, oh, Skyfall. Oh, Skyfall. Right. Well, gentlemen, my number five. It's just another way to die. It's Quantum of Solace. Oh, I have a feeling I might be the Whizfizz kid this episode. <laughs> I. Never fail to get pumped up as soon as I see that shot going across that water Mm -hmm. and that amazing David Arnold score that's... Yeah, 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 yeah. And then that... Yeah. And... My adrenaline is just going... All the way to 11. It's extraordinary badassery uh, <laughs> and the final line and what's actually oh. happening in that sequence as well oh, like how the cars are coordinated yeah. when he spins yeah. around and then hits that truck and then spins Rips back the around door and off. Goes, oh, yeah. come the on. police get involved it's oh. it's amazing that mm. one really is it's going like just it's such a great set piece yeah and that final line of it's time to get out I'm just yeah. like oh yeah. that's a do, button do, do, baby do, 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 do. I love it that yeah. gets me a going oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. so there you are that's my number Good five stuff. number Dude, four yeah. number four for me is Octopussy hey, really oh yes it is mm. yes it is sir. <laughs> it's the best part of that bloody movie mm. I tell you we get disguised Bond and, and geez, Rogie looks good turning up too. I remember the first time I saw him turn up in that movie, I was like, oh, Rogie's looking good. We get reversible outfits with his disguise. Yep. You know, and straight off the back, we get quippy Rogie. Yes. As he receives the name tag. Yeah, 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 yeah. Toro is like, mm, sounds like a load of bull. It's a very British sequence, isn't it? It is. It yeah. really is. It really is. You're a Toro too. We get a. <laughs> <laughs> yes. We get a Bond judo chop. Oh, a salute <laughs> yes. into judo chop. A salute into judo chop, that's right. And, oh no, we get captured Bond. We do. Bond gets captured, he gets taken away, gets put in the truck, and... Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> but Roger's still firing on all cylinders, even when he's captured. Yeah. When he's like, uh, his, his, uh, his contact, his kind of buddy, she oh, pulls yes, up in the car yes. and he's like, Eyeballing all of the boys of my have a look at that. Pretty cool. (laughs) 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 Still manages to take them out. And I mean, then we get the acro star. And it's like Coming out of a horse's ass. Coming out of a horse's ass. And they're so clever with that. They're so clever with that. When I went back to watch it, it pulls up and I'm like, oh god, they did a really shit job of like I know he couldn't have a real horse in the cart and yada yada yada. But it's it's part of the plan. Yeah. It's never a real horse because That's right, there's with a the plane tail. in there. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. But that I mean that whole flying sequence is just extraordinary. And I think bringing in all of those different elements of filmmaking, the the miniatures and the and the pyrotechnics and the live action stuff and the green screen. There's so much going on there to coordinate it. But it really feels action packed. And I just I I really love it. I really love it. It 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 sets me up for what I think is going to be a James Bond romp. 
Look, Jake, I tend to agree with you. <gasps> oh! Have we got a double for Octopus A? Hey, double number four for Octopus A. Yeah. When I stumbled across this again, sorting my list out, I was blown to bits. I remember liking it at the time. But when I talk about a James Bond short film, this ticks all my boxes. It's got mm. like a dramatic uh, kind of uh, chart that, that Bond goes through. It's a real character, a little mini character arc within one story. We see so much of Roger Eddy's finest. As you said, the reversible outfit just... Makes me so, so cool. happy. Um, it's really like funny and bright as well. I think uh, it really sums up the Roger era in mm. my eyes. Like it's mm. so, but still really masterfully constructed. Like the visual flow through the scene and the kind of the handling of the action and all the moving parts. Part of the reason I love James Bond films so much is that stuff. Like mm. the cutting to the jeep tires and the and the feet hitting the ground and the missiles and the things all happening and explosions happening over here and like I love that construction element. And this has it in spades. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you see that at, at its finest in something like a pre-title sequence. When you are consolidating your storytelling and trying to do something punchy. Um, and the way they t- they actually cover the plane sequence uh, with the rear projection stuff around Roger Yeah, with the missile and everything. impeccable. Isn't it? It's actually spot on. It's really good. I don't mm. know how they kind of did it or, or why it worked so well in this particular instance the nature of the sky, the colour of the sky, perhaps mm, being a bit maybe. easier to manage. But mm. I really bought it. I thought it was so spot on. But yeah, there you go. There you go. There you go. Double four octopus. Octopusy. Double fours. Fancy that. <laughs> <laughs> well, gentlemen, it's not a three-peat, unfortunately, uh, but it is the longest title sequence in the series. Is oh. it now? It is 1999's The oh. World Is Not Enough. <laughs> Look at Wispy's bloody kid Jesus. <laughs> Oh, hook it to my veins, please. <laughs> Whiz, fizz, boy. Uh, no, i got to tell you, pre-title sequence needs to get me going. And this one does. And it's bloody long. It, it is, is a long It is bloody one, long. It? It's like, what, 14, 17 minutes, something like that. It starts with a bit of a, a briefing, doesn't it? it don't, well, you're, yeah, you're with the cigar girl and the uh, the Swiss banker. That's right. Yeah, and then yeah, he repels yeah. down. But the, yes. title sequ- the pre-title sequence, for me, is that extraordinary boat chase mm. along the River Thames. Chasing down the cigar girl, it's it's a great bloody David Arnold score. I think it's it's Brosnan having the most fun he ever has as Bond. Sure, yeah, and kind of and it. it's the closest that Brosnan's Bond gets to the fun that you can have with more. Yeah, you gotta it. lose the tie fix though. <laughs> no, I love it. No, no, tie fix. No, I'm, I'm still. I love it. I'm just like, yes, that's Roger. That's Roger. The only reason you would cut that out is if he doesn't keep it going through the rest of the film, which he does? arguably he doesn't. Right. It okay. gets a bit serious, active yeah, bond sure. kind of towards the end. Mm. But that pre-title sequence, the fact that they did it for real, it's. Oh yes. <laughs> Hook it to my veins. <laughs> Yeah, no, that that one. Oh. Very good. So, very number good. three. Number three. Here we are. Middle of the road. Number three. Be. Not quite middle of the road. Is the longest title oh. sequence <laughs> of the franchise. <laughs> it's it. The World Is Not Enough. Hey. This is balls to the wall, Brozzy. <laughs> Look, I won't drag it on too much because he's bloody nailed it. I love it. I love it to bits. I love that. Zip line that he does with the curtain Ooh, bloody cord yes. is iconic for me. Uh, we get banker a, bond. We get a bit. We get a bit of. We get a bit of banker bond. We do get banker. We get bond. a bit of morning yeah. drinking with M. We do. <laughs> we, very early drinking. <laughs> 
MI6 blows up, we get some cute little cutaways of Q being like, no, no, what it's is for it? my retirement. It's not finished yet. <laughs> <laughs> that's right, that's <laughs> And we get the tie fix. You gotta keep the tie fix. We bloody love the tie fix. We get Brossy driving the boat on the streets of London <laughs> yes, for get through the rest questionable amount of time. Get rid of it. But bloody hell, I love uh, it. No, keep it. Keep it all. That whole sequence. Jeez, they throw that fucking bike around. Uh, the boat around. They, they do. do. That, yeah. it's, it's amazing. It's amazing. And, um, yeah, like and I said. And Bozzy did so much of that He too. does he's, so he's much in of that it. boat. And why bl- bloody hell wouldn't you? <laughs> no, It'd you be so much fun. And we, the, the, the climax of that. And I actually think Brozzy does a pretty damn good performance when he's dangling from the balloon. I can help you. I can help you. I can help you. Tell me who you're working for. Don't do this. Don't do this. And then we'll kabom! I can save you! I can help you! Yeah. Not from him! Yeah, I love that. I really do. It's, I think the balance is great. Yeah, it's gonna be good fun. And, I mean, geez, the poor stunt guy gets beaten up when Doesn't he goes flying down the Millennium, the millennium Dome. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, no, no, love it, love it, love it. Love every second of it. Oh, there we are. Mr. Darby Deck. From Russia. Oh, it's my number three. Um, I gotta say, uh, the only thing keeping it from being number one is that it's a little too subdued, subdued and contained right. um, compared to some of the other sequences I like. Oh yes. Um, but my goodness, does this give me the stuff I like? Um, I know that I, I have remarked about the cheesy mask, and I still have a problem with it. And maybe that's another <laughs> maybe element. Maybe that's why it's maybe still another element yeah, keeping it maybe back Maybe it could a be bit. number one. But the lighting and the pacing and the craft in this scene mm. is so impeccable. Uh, it, it really is the craft within this one that, that puts it so high on my list. The, the, the sort of... the Each and every composition that was uh, happening was evolving in the sense that there's a lot of motion happening in each shot. And then the composition rests and you might have a little angel behind Bond's shoulder looking the same way as him when he turns back over mm. his shoulder. Uh, there's another angel that's used as a foreground element, one of these statues as he, as he walks through these hedges and the camera kind of uh, jibs down. And uh, all that stuff, it really hits me where it gets me. <laughs> when, I, when, I, when I see things like that perfectly executed, yeah, it's, it's what I love so much about the making of movies. It's good storytelling, right? It's good storytelling. It's good yeah. visual storytelling. And then, I mean, when he finally, when that 007 stand-in is taken down, he's strangled and drops to the ground and the camera pulls back a little bit and then the lights come on in the background and mm. you realise one shot has evolved into being a completely different shot. There was a hidden background layer that they've ignited. That sort of stuff, it makes me gasp. <laughs> you, you, you know, and... Um, yeah. It's movie magic. It's movie magic. Yeah, and, yeah, right. I think... And, and Connery in it, even though it's not... James Bond mm-hmm. is phenomenal as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's really quite. He's good. terrified. He's terrified. Truly terrified. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's amazing. It's a really good performance. Yeah, there you go. Oh, there you go. Mm-hmm. Well, gentlemen, I don't know what you're on about because my number three is one of the most iconic pre-title sequences in the world. I love the bloody ski suit. Oh, you haven't. Bond 77 is fantastic. It's the spy who loves me. (laughs) I don't know what you're bloody talking about. His ticker tape watch. 
Oh, absolutely You're like, I do. It's time to pull Bond out. But I need tell him you. Tell to pull out. Yeah, fuck it. <laughs> I need you, James. So does England. So does England. Oh, <laughs> it's Scuba Steve Yes, yes. Give it to me every single day. You are oh, a I nostalgia boy. You're fanboying. That, that... That lost Union Jack, that Union Jack jump. <laughs> That's pretty impressive. Is That's just yeah. breathtaking. Yeah. I know that some of the other stuff leading up to it is is quite silly. And and I did criticize Moonraker for it has a very impressive stunt that's undone by uh by a bit of silliness with the flapping and the jaws yeah. falling into the circus. The but, story but doesn't descend there. No, no, but the yeah. silliness in in The Spy Who Loved Me. Yeah. That's why I love the film is that it, that's the perfect level of wink and nod. Yeah, yeah. Of it knowing that it's not taking itself too seriously. And and I think... It is a fun time. It's such it's, a fun time. Yeah. And that, that stunt is not undone for me by anything else. And I just think the way that that... You know the 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 parachute gets cupped by the hands and yeah. the, you know the glang 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 uh, to quote Alan Partridge. <laughs> you know it's just I I it's it's iconic and and I love it and I. Oh, Bond I, d- I don't know what I'd do oh. without it. I love Bond seventy seven. I really love Bond seventy seven. <laughs> oh, no, you do. Well, there I we respect go. it. I respect it. I respect that he likes. Yeah, it. I respect that he's standing by. Yeah, yeah. It. thoughts and opinions. I really it's have become mess. the whiz fizz kid here, <laughs> yeah, haven't yeah, I? That's boy. Well, number two. We're at the pointy oh, end, as I say every time. Yeah. Top five. It's getting pointed. It is. It is. Because it's Quantum of Solace. <gasps> oh my God. Oh. Out of the bloody blue here. Yeah. Oh, mate, I tell you what, I agree with Brandon. This gets me pumped. <laughs> Jesus, from the very outset, the opening shot of green, mountainous coastline of Italy, it looks like Jurassic Park. <laughs> it's, it's very visceral, oh. textural sequence. It is, yeah. it is. And I'm, yeah, you're right. Arnold's score that sets you up that kind of muffled sound design of like. With all of those cuts of you know the car door and the bullets getting it's kind loaded. of like the engine echo in the tunnel as well that comes yeah. in. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm losing myself here. I'm <laughs> flustered. And then we go. Uh, what are we saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the. <laughs> <laughs> Car chase is so savage. It's so savage. It is brutal. I, I just feel like I'm there with him the yeah. whole time. I don't know. It's I guess it's the immersive sound design. It's the way they've covered it. I feel like I'm in the passenger seat and there's bits of broken glass everywhere and the bullets are flying around. Yeah. And Bond doesn't <clears throat> feel in control. You know, like... He, he, he's reacting. He's reacting He's mm. and surviving and mm. calling on that intuitive training of his to kind of get himself out of the shit. Mm. Um, I mean, it's so brutal. The the fact that those, I mean, those policemen, uh, they don't make it. There's no (laughs) No, way they don't make it. That jeep does so many barrel rolls down that cliff. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, they're gone. Um, I mean, incredible that they've done it for real. I mean, I don't know how much special effects was used in that sequence. No, that most of that is stunt work. Well, there you go, and it and it shows, and at least that's the feeling I get as the viewer, and I think the the sequence is all actually got very badly injured. Maybe I have a feeling there could have been a fatality. I think there was a fatality. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, Fact check that one. I might have to. (laughs) Um, But and the the very end, you're right, Brendan. I mean, we get this 
very beat up Aston Martin, covered in soot and dust and all oh, kinds of who so knows gorgeous, what. Gorgeous though, and still through that tunnel of. Like, I would still drive that through Sydney. Oh, oh absolutely. absolutely, absolutely. This tunnel of like every major city has these kind of like Canal. drop points for yeah. secret agents and stuff. Like, but oh yes. please, I hope they all do. The, I hope they do yeah. too. Let's go find one. There's got to be one here in Sydney somewhere. Roads. But oh. the last line too, and you, I mean, it's it's Daniel's crack at a quip you know it's like there's a weird morbid sense of humour there it's done mm. it's a time again that's good like, yeah, yeah, love yeah. it love it love it love it it's brilliant it really is yeah. it's the only time that that editing uh, is justifiable in that film the rest of the time you're just like fuck me yeah that's exactly Slow right down. that's exactly like, right like yeah. yeah it can't all be that imagine what that ride would have been like for Mr. White in the boot there. oh <laughs> my god <laughs> there was a person in there the whole time this. the whole time <laughs> That's good storytelling. Yeah, story especially the first time you see that it. well in that interrogation. He's yeah. like, "Are you fucking people insane?" <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, Mr. Darby, well, what's your number two? My number two is "Live and Let Die," oh. uh, which features an incredible pace and style. Uh, <laughs> what do we got from Johnny? <laughs> <laughs> it jumps through space and time like no other sequence. Mm. Uh, really quite seamless as well some of the match cuts between um, uh, different elements one of them quite questionable in terms of its cultural uh, <laughs> uh, intention connotation oh, snake bite one or no it's funeral? actually it's actually a little um, I don't know maybe if I was reading too much into it but it was the 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 New Orleans funeral? The New Orleans funeral. The them dancing in the last wide shot they're kind of dancing rhythmically to the music in New Orleans I quite like the cut and what it suggests. And then they cut to uh, straight from it, from that wide shot to another similarly composed wide shot of the tribal dancing. Yes, yes. And, uh, I, I, you know, I I'm not don't want to read into it oh, anymore. Oh, I see what you mean. But yeah, having, sure, sure. Read, having read the novel and, possibly, have, and, and thinking yeah. about the time, it's like possibly that's a statement. Yes, yeah, I think you might be right, actually. Um, but that's good, uh, you know, hazard to say that's good filmmaking in terms of matching of images. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I get um, And, you know, and it introduces all the stakes and themes of the movie and all without James Bond, which I think is a really... And really yeah. cocky for your first new Bond film. Yeah. You know, new new James Bond yeah. stepping into the role. I think it's quite amazing. But, uh, yeah, there you go. There you are. Like and, and, and that die. opening... The, the, oh, the... the Shuffle through oh, the streets yeah. and come on. It's brilliant. And the coffin pickups. Yeah. So, so good. many good elements. Whose funeral... Well, gentlemen, my number two, Mm. it's fitting that it's two because I got two words for you. Damn jump. Oh, (laughs) where's the man with the golden eye? (laughs) (laughs) It's golden eye. That's extraordinary. That's because that's quite a long title sequence as well. It's about ten Bro- minutes. Brosnan had some pretty long ones, yeah. really, comparatively. Yeah. They mm. they really are kind of their own action set pieces. They're little short films. Yeah, and mm. they really become these kind of big set pieces in the Brosnan age. Yeah, yeah. that's kind of something very unique. They tried to outdo themselves every time. They did, yeah, yeah. and it almost Except feels we like die another day. But they did try to do something. They're different trying to again. do something different. Yeah. yeah. But Goldeneye, I mean, the running of the footsteps along the top of the dam, the mm. rope being chucked. We oh. do not see Bond. We do not see his face. The dive off. That mm. 
the the pulse pounding that is going on when he's trying to get the, the bloody rappel gun out of yeah. his pocket and he just gets it before he disappears behind the rock. And then he jumps down and he's all... <laughs> opens up the hatch, drops down. The guy flips the little bit of newspaper laser down. Gun. Don't forget uh, laser oh, gun. Oh, laser gun, yeah, yeah cutting through. Yeah. Flips the newspaper down. Beg your pardon. Forgot to knock. <laughs> oh, it's so good. And it builds all the way up. We're not done there. We go all the way through him meeting 006. There's another 00. He's on a bloody mission. <laughs> yeah. And he's doing shit and they're planting bombs and there's a bit of, you know, tete-a-tete between them and... Oh, and then 006 gets killed and then he gets out of there with the gas and then he jumps on a bike and then we're not done yet <laughs> he jumps on the bike and he jumps off the, the he's chasing a plane and the plane's Put falling put down the whispers <laughs> and the plane's falling and you're like oh there's no way he's going to catch that but he does catch it he does catch it he gets in the plane but we're not done yet we think that the plane is going to crash into the valley but it doesn't because Bond's piling in it and then we sail off in to dum 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 yeah. oh. oh hook that to my veins as yeah. well put twine in one arm put golden eye <laughs> in the other oh, oh. what's your bloody number one give it so, to me yeah, well let's figure out what Jake's it's golden eye number one yeah it's gotta be golden eye he's gone thunderball octopussy twine quinn on the solace but uh, it's gotta be golden eye boys I don't want this to be a disappointment it won't be <laughs> It won't be. <laughs> damn jump! Motherfucker, damn jump! Bum, 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 bum. This thing is the business. Absolutely everything you've just said, mate. I feel like we've been bloody back and forth all day. All day. This is brilliant. I bloody love it. The damn jump every single time. Extraordinary. 006. Love it. Two agents in the field. Um, and we... Um, we established the whole... Um, breathe, breathe. Oh, <laughs> we established the whole for England thing. Yeah. That nice little theme of like... And it's so just kind of fobbed off by um, Sean Bean before they dive in to the facility. But it comes back. Love it. Love it. And, you know, the theatricality of Urumov and the, the whole menace there. It's just... It's complete whiz-bangery. It's unashamed 90s whiz-fizz whiz uh, sugar hit. Um, and it's my number one forever. Mm. Well, now we've got a guest, Mr. Darby Dex. So he's gone Skyfall, Octopussy, From Russia With Love, and Live and Let Die. Mm. And he said he likes a contained mission. Look, I think he has to go Goldeneye. It's a self-contained mission. It's got it all. It, look... We all know. In my this. opinion, there's only one better than it. <laughs> we, <laughs> we all know how much of a dirty devil he is. <laughs> Excuse me, what? And, and he can rant and rave all he likes, but he's a '90s whiz. Everyone kid. likes a bit of whiz. He's a '90s whiz kid. It's bloody golden eye. <laughs> Give it to me. Oh, I've got two words for you, gentlemen. Mm-hmm. Damn. Dirty. Yeah. <laughs> Look, this thing is a mini masterpiece. Oh my god, I watched it twice. I had to watch it two times in judging it, you know, for this list. But I just, you know, I mentioned in From Rush With Love getting a place so high because of the craft on show. Mm. The craft in this sequence, 
from Go to Woe is phenomenal. Ugh. If the whole movie played in this sort of shot structure, which for the most part it does, um, you watch it here and it's just testament to, to why you know Martin Campbell knows exactly what he's doing <sighs> at every yeah. moment. Every shot, every damn shot that he cuts to. Damn shot. Mm. Yeah. It, it's just masterfully constructed. There was one that had me double take because I was like, oh, that was a little bit weaker. But then it was again one of those shots that unfolded because it started on a murky thing of Bond entering and then panned. And I thought the pan was a bit messy, but then it pushed forward and then revealed Bond in more of a silhouette. And I was evolved. like, no, that shot really evolved. That was really beautiful. Mm. Like it tricked me and taught me lessons. And it just feels like a... a told in frames more so than anything else in, mm. in the Bond kind of canon I feel like you look at this you don't even need to listen to any of the sound watch the frames watch them as still frames go from shot to shot oh, yeah, and right. you'll read the story it's mm. perfect it's mm. just perfect you know exactly where everyone is what the stakes are what the positions are what the relationships are what's at stake love it wow mm. there you go Golden Eye. Well, gentlemen, right. now you have to guess what I've what I'm doing. Yeah, Shit. this is tough. This so is I've tough. gone Quantum of Solace, Quantum of Solace. The world is not enough. The spy who loved me, and Golden Eye. So sugar it, bloody Whizfizz. Sugar Whizfizz boy. And you know, it's I can't. I guess we have to cross it off. It can't be Casino Royale. It can't be. Because I mean, it if doesn't being, fit the MO. Yeah, if we're being for, serious. If we're being serious here. Oh, but, you know. The whole black and white thing. It's a bit slower. It doesn't really cover much ground. It's a nice personal little mission. Yeah, sure. That it's, could be we see. It's cool to see Bond kind of explaining that whole thing of, like, it's you know, the Bond I had to get the story. two kills yeah. and that. He might really give it a lot of credit for that alone. Mm. And, again, it's really nicely constructed by... Uh, Campbell. Yeah, true. It's got some good dirty moments. It's very textural. It's brutal bond. Pretty it's brutal. Fleming ish. Oh, it's tough. Yeah. You know, I I could say yes, but what are its competitors? Octopussy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if he could go past Octopussy. He didn't put it on his honourable mention list. Unless he just forgot about it when he was Unless you forgot about it, yeah, maybe when you were making your list and didn't, re- I'll and, never tell, and didn't rewatch it. But I really feel like you would love the shit out I of Octopus. I rewatched all of them. I rewatched. Okay. I really, right, you rewatched uh, all of them because Octopus really took me for a loop. Yeah, and I don't know. Unless I don't know. I don't know. That's I'm tough, gonna, isn't it? Because yeah. I think if you follow the if you follow the breadcrumbs of what he's left behind so Where's far, that leading? it's kind of leading to, to Octopussy. Yeah. It's not leading but, to Casino Royale. But Octopussy Royale. isn't as good as Goldeneye at doing the same thing. Unless it is because it did it first. You know? It is very comparable to Goldeneye in its sort of composition and, and the way it moves its journeys, you know? Yeah, yeah, I think I see what you mean there. It's got that same kind of visual rhythm and, and Soldiers running about and fun things like that. Ah, see, I see. I think he's in a mood in the at the moment. I think he's in a bit of a Roger Moore mood. <laughs> <laughs> you know? True, he might be. I think so. All right, I'm going to go with Octopus. I'm going to go with Octopus. You both going Octopus? Yeah, 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 yeah. You hardly know me. Oh. Oh. but you do know my name. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's Casino Royale. Oh, of course. You actually you went through nearly all of my talking points. Then. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's pretty much smack break. Yeah, look, I love the other ones. They're my action. They're my whiz fizz. They're my kick bang boom. Yep. But Casino Royale, it's the only time we don't see Bond 
as 007. Mm-hmm. Mm. And there's something about that that I'm just like, oh my God, there's a world outside of this. It yeah. touches in on the Fleming stuff. It's the most personal of the pre-title sequences. And I mean that in also the way it humanizes uh, the, the guy that he kills. Mm. The yeah, section yeah. chief. Yeah, you don't want him to die by the end of the scene. Yeah, Dryden, that's his name. Yeah, yeah and, and that quick shot of when he shoots Dryden and he flips back in his chair and yes. there's this tiny little quick flash yes. of, the, of family. the family. Yes, God. And you see all of that and then juxtaposing that really tense scene with this just brutal brutal kind of um, dispatching mm. of another spy. Mm. It's like, holy shit. It just sets up all the consequences of going, that could happen to James Bond. Yeah. It recontextualizes for us going, the henchmen and the villains want to do that to Bond. And as a statement about the new era. Pretty, of the new era. It's pretty yeah, strong, yeah. isn't it? Mm. And I just... And, and, you know, nostalgia in that colours a lot of all of this for us. But I do remember that that opening, watching that in the cinema, was such an awakening for me. Yeah. And it just grabbed my attention. And still when I watch it, it just grabs me. There is something about it. And, and I recently watched... Calvin Dyson did this kind of... Uh, he's been doing this great series. You should check it out on his channel. He's been doing this series where he goes through and he reviews the deleted scenes wow. out of all the movies. And he yeah, goes, right. what ones work and what ones maybe could they have kept in the films? And he recently did Casino Royale. And there's an extended version of this opening title sequence where Bond is stalking the guy at a cricket game in Pakistan. Oh, I've seen that. Yes, wow. yeah. And it's really well done. It's quite cool. It's really cool. But there was part of me where I then put that into where it would have sat yeah. with the rest of the time. And I, if they'd kept that... Because that's where the bathroom is. That's where the bathroom is. Yeah. It's, it's a cricket, cricket club. Game. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Um, and I think if they'd kept that in, I don't know if Casino Royale makes it to mm. the list. As cool as that sequence is. It's just something the, unbondian. The, yes. And mm. I think it takes away from the shock of the brutality. Yeah, and the fact that we don't get an explanation as to who this guy is, we don't kind of get a reprieve from it. Uh, no, so it's an intense. Yeah, yeah. and we're just sitting in it, and we're waiting for him to do something equally as vicious mm. to Dryden. Mm. We know that there's He's capable of it. Now. Yeah, the panther is out of the cage, <clears throat> yeah. and it's sitting and it's looking at its prey. Mm. I just think it's fantastic. Hell of a line. Yeah. Hell yeah. of a line. Yes. Considerably. Oh, <laughs> oh. And then the pickup of the gun into the gun barrel. Boy. Thank you. Thank you. I'll get to my veins. <laughs> well, gentlemen, I've done my tabulating, my coagulating. Coagulating. <laughs> my, my coagulating, my James Cagney Layton. <laughs> my lactating. Uh, um, in, uh, and with all that math in. He spit off the meds. Are you still taking your medication? Come on. Please remind me to take that later. Simple math sets him off. Are you currently on any medication? I'm fine. You should be. (laughs) So, tied number nine. Oh. So, ten films made our list. And this is tied for ninth spot. Mm -hmm. Thunderball and Skyfall with one apiece. The two top. Uh, highest grossing films too. Wow. Well, but go. points off yeah. for Thunderball. Oh, yes. No, not at all. That's not how that works. <laughs> uh, tied for seventh spot uh-huh. with three points. The Spy Who Loved Me. 
and from Russia with love. Ah. Tied fifth spot with wow. four points. Live and let die, and Octopusse. We have a big bit of congestion here. Tied second on five points. Oh, wow. (laughs) We have Casino Royale, The World Is Not Enough, and Quantum of Solaires. Wow. And of course, it couldn't be anyone else. It's not even close. (laughs) So tied second is three films with five Five points. points. Yep. In first place with 14 points. Clear margin. It's damn jump. It's Goldeneye. Goldeneye. What do you want? What do you want? What more do you want? Well, gentlemen, I've uh, got a Panama hat in my hot little hands here. A reminder of what's left. Do you have a list at hand? No. No, no, we'll just see it's how just go. what's in here. <laughs> <laughs> I actually threw that list out yesterday. Oh, I don't know if I feel that. Oh, we got oh, here. Yeah. Let's stir it around. There feels like there's quite a bit in here still. There's still a few. There's still... All right, I've got At my... least a year's worth. <laughs> <laughs> All right, gentlemen, in the order of which we drew. Mm-hmm. Oh, I've got yes. the top five vehicles. Oh. Oh. Beep, 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 beep. I... <laughs> no bondola, get out, not yet. Um, I have the top five villains. Oh! Well, it's going to be an interesting one, okay. whoever we pick, because oh. I have top five favourite Bond performances. Oh, <laughs> this is gold. This, this is, is a here. big gold. Oh, tune in next week. Darby oh. Deck, what numbers would you like? Uh... One and two. One and two. Let me think about this. Mr. Jakespeare. Let me think about this. I want three and four. They're my (laughs) numbers. So I'll take five and six. All right, here we are. Three. Boys, we're doing the big boys. The big boys. We're doing the big bad boys. It's the villains. (laughs) Oh, boys. Well, ladies and gentlemen, and anyone who's still listening, (laughs) we'll be joining you next week for top five. Villains, we'll see you then.